Welcome to Ted in Your Head, the podcast created exclusively to help you transform your thinking to show up powerfully and authentically in your life and in your business. Your host is Ted Moreno, certified hypnotherapist and high performance coach. On this show, we talk about how to tap into the power of your mind, release bad habits, eliminate fear and the limiting beliefs that may be holding you back. We dive deep into cultivating the success mindset that you need for a life of abundance, health, and happiness. Let's check it out and welcome your host, Ted Moreno. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Ted in Your Head podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Ted Moreno, certified hypnotherapist and high-performance coach, helping people to get out of their own way. So I'm glad you tuned in today because today we're going to do something a little bit different. I have a very special guest uh, who is actually a wonderful family member, Sammy Villanueva. Sammy, thanks so much for being uh, on the podcast today. Yeah, Ted, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm excited for this. been looking forward to this for, for some time now. Excellent. So, Sammy, let's start with, uh, why don't you tell our listeners what you're up to? What do you, what do, you do in the world? Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. Well, uh, some of my favorite titles are uh, our husband and, and father, right? So got a household full of ladies, girl dad, hashtag girl dad. Uh, but outside of that, I am uh, the founder and creator of Heroes, the Men's Mastermind, where we bring together men to achieve whole man success in six different categories of life, health, wealth, relationships, spiritual, mental, and adventure. And so we coach men to achieving that whole man success, as we like to call it. And I also am a sales trainer and a sales coach uh, as a professional and a consultant. And so that's that's what I do. Love doing it. Uh, I think if you were to broaden my uh, title, I would say uh, I just, I'm an overall servant leader and coach in any one of those categories. That's what I look to do. Yeah, I can say the same thing. <laughs> I have a house full of women too. Yeah, there you go. I don't you think as that. many as you do, but that's awesome. Okay, so... We're here to discuss the topic of the state of men and the state of young men in particular. So you and I were at a family event where we yeah. see each other uh, and uh, we were talking and and this topic came up and, and we had some definite uh, ideas as well as concerns sure. about the state of men in the world today. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're going to talk about and some of the different uh, subjects involved in that. Sure. So um, why don't we start by having you uh, talk about what your experience is in your Heroes Men's Group, mm. which I've been honored to have visited and, and, right. and spoken at. It was a wonderful experience. So why don't you talk a little bit about what your experience is right now uh, with men and with young men in particular? And before we go any further, let's uh, put it out there that, you know, <laughs> you're a young man. I consider myself a young man, but not <laughs> as right. young as you, right? So how old are you? Yeah, I'm 36. 36. So I'm 63. I'm the yeah. inverse. Yeah, right? just a little bit. Just a little bit older. <laughs> so I've got a few years on you, right? So I think we bring different perspectives, which I think is a great thing. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, so why don't you go ahead and tell us about what your experience is with men and, and with young men in particular? Sure. So, well, I think we'll start at the beginning, uh, you know, uh, about eight years ago um, or so was when the idea first struck me to, to begin Heroes, the Men's Mastermind. And the, I guess the genesis of that was necessity. Uh, I knew, I looked at my life, and I looked at all of the categories of my life, and when I was doing my best overall, I was always connected to a group of men. 
whether it be at, uh, you know, within a sports organization, played some college football in college, was in a fraternity. Um, you know, when I was connected to these men on a consistent basis, not just that category, not just sports I did well, I did well in other areas of life as well. And then when I left school and went into the real world, um, I found myself either intentionally or unintentionally isolating and operating lone wolf, if you will. And that was beginning to negatively impact my life all over. And so again, out of necessity, I went to the computer and I Googled Los Angeles men's groups. A couple things came up and wasn't what I was looking for necessarily. And so I decided to start this group. And the idea was, what if we were to bring together a bunch of men that that believed that they could be better, that there was this hero version of them. And I had this image of real life superheroes. Uh, there are so many men that are out there that read about uh, heroes, either through comic books or talk about them in these legendary stories, and they aspire to, to be like them. And so I, I thought, what if we brought together men who want to do that, but in their own lives, be the hero in their own story, in their own life? And so I created it. And as we've journeyed through this, I've gathered men and men have come to this group looking for the same thing. They want to be better in all areas of their life. And the, I guess the common denominator that draws the men to this group is accountability and consistency is, they, is what they want, is what they desire. They come and they say, Sammy, I want to be more accountable to the goals that I have, to the purpose in my life, to my family, to myself. I want to be more consistent in the right actions that I take in my life. And so these are the types of men that are coming to the group. And so what are some of the challenges that you see that the men that come to your group have? I mean, obviously they're going there to, to do better, be better, have more. Mm. But what are the challenges that you see uh, continue to crop up over and over again? Yeah, well, let's, uh, let's, let's talk high level first. I think some of the first uh, problems are being accountable to some type of program or plan. Mm. I think when we leave these organized groups, uh, school, teams, and we get out on our own, we, we tend to give ourselves more, more slack or we give ourselves more leeway than maybe we, we should. At least that's what, what I found working with these guys and even with myself. Uh, if, if I'm just accountable to myself, I'm more likely to let myself down. And so when I bring my task and my actions and this higher version of myself to this group where I respect them in, I'm more likely to stick to the actions that I know I should be taking. And so the biggest challenge is men are not being willing to be vulnerable and accountable to anyone. Hmm. Um, and so this leads to intermittent actions, the right actions that they're taking. And so they'll do, they'll do well for a little bit and then they'll stop. They'll do well for a little bit and then they'll stop. Um, the, one of the taglines of heroes is tired of almost. And when I wrote that, I had that feeling burning in my heart that I, I don't, I don't want to be a dad. Temp I didn't want to be a good dad temporarily. I didn't want to start well and then not finish. I didn't want to start to be a good husband and then not finish. I didn't want to do well in business at the beginning and then stop. And so, again, accountability was a big factor. So I think just being willing to connect yourself to something that holds you accountable or that you're, um, if you will, submit to a uh, a community or a group that is calling you to that higher version of yourself. So that's one of the biggest things that we saw lacking is men don't have a place to go to be accountable. Right. Except for sports teams. Yeah. 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 Right. Mm -hmm. And then of course, if you're 
playing football or soccer or basketball. That's not really a, or I mean, it can be, but most of the time it's not a good venue for a man to talk about their vulnerabilities or their challenges or problems, right? Because there's a certain posture, I think many times that men feel the need to maintain. Would you agree? Yeah, 100%. We, uh, uh, we, we often call that, uh, the buddy bros in, in life. So, you know, many men have these buddy bros where we can get together and we can watch a football game or we can, you know, go out and maybe play some softball together and it's, it's focused around fun, which by all means have that fun. I think those types of connections are important. I have them as well. It's just to your point, it doesn't allow for other conversations to be brought in to that context, right? So if you go and you're watching a football game, we're in football season now, and we're sitting there on Sunday mm. uh, afternoon and watching the game, uh, you're shoulder to shoulder with your buddy. It's not necessarily the time to say, Hey, I'm struggling in my marriage, right? <laughs> right. There, there's the buffalo wings on the table and ranch and maybe some brews hanging yeah. out, right? And you're just like, the, the halftime's about to happen and it's not necessarily the context. And so one of the things that we strive for in Heroes is give them in the context to be able to talk about their whole life. Yeah. That's why we love this concept, whole man success. Mm. You're a father at work. Mm. Uh, you're an entrepreneur or a business-minded individual at the house and those blend and your health blends into all of things. You take your whole self to every aspect of your life. And I think it's negatively impacting men when they don't allow for their whole self to be present in every part of their life or, or, or be aware or analyze what's going on with their mm. whole self. Mm. So it's interesting because <laughs> you have a, a, a house full of women. I have three women. That's my, right. house, my two daughters, you know, and then, uh, but I was the oldest of eight kids, seven mm. of which were boys. Mm. So I grew up in a house full of men. There were mm. nine men and and two women, my wow. mother and my sister, right? So there's a lot of male energy. Yeah. Yeah. And not only that, but I grew up in East Los Angeles, kind sure. of in the barrio. So yeah. there's a lot of posturing. Sure. And ideas about men were mm. very traditional and, and maybe sometimes even extreme. Do you have um, brothers? Yeah. So I got uh, I two brothers and, and a sister. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the oldest, though. Mm-hmm. So... Very similar type of energy, right? Mm-hmm. We're uh, my my culture is uh, Latino, uh, Mexican, and that that energy uh, that you're talking about, I can definitely relate to mm. uh, in terms of how a man should posture himself, the way a man ought to operate. Mm. Um, and very interestingly about that is it was never necessarily discussed; it was always just kind of expected. Um, and what I'm referring to is you got to be tough. Yeah. You, you, you can't have emotions, right? You, you got to charge ahead. Your worth is in your work. Go perform, get the results, um, you know, things like that. And I think that is something, again, going back to the issues that I think a lot of young men come to or come with into the group, it, it, it's that. This, the expectations. The expectations mm-hmm. that I'm only of worth based on my work. Right, right. Yeah. Now, um, all four of your grandparents are from Mexico? No, so uh, so I'm, I'm like 75% Mexican, so mm-hmm. um, I would say three out of four of them are, uh-huh. are Mexican, yeah. Uh-huh. So all four of my grandparents were born in Mexico, wow. although both of my parents were born in the United States. Yeah. We have very similar uh, upbringing, which sure. maybe makes us not the average man, but yeah. pretty close to it because, sure. you know, here in the Southwest in California, there's a lot of Hispanic people, right? Yeah. Um, so... It's interesting because you work exclusively with men mm-hmm. 
you know, in a coaching capacity. Uh, in my hypnotherapy practice, interestingly enough, I don't get a lot of young men. Yeah. Right. And I think part of the reason for that is women are more likely to seek out therapy. Yeah. I do work with men, but most of the men I work with are pretty much late 30s, early 40s. Mm. I rarely get a man in his 20s. Mm. And if I do get a man in his 30s, it's later 30s, sure. right? Yeah. And one of the things that occurs to me is it's very difficult um, for young men to be held accountable, mm. yeah. right? They, yeah. they really just kind of chafe at anybody uh, telling them what to do. That's a good point. Um, more often than not, I'll have a, a parent, a, a client who is a parent of a young man saying, you know, could you work with my son? He's really mm. struggling. Like, yeah, sure, absolutely. But getting him in um, is a is a very difficult thing to do. Yeah, to actually get him in and, and get them talking and get getting them opening opened up. Yeah. Um, that being said, the times that I have been able to work with young men, um, you know, we've had really incredible results. Sure. You know, once a man says, "Okay, I guess it's safe for me to." talk about my struggles or, or move forward, you know, mm -hmm. then a lot of good work can be done once they let go of embarrassment or shame. Yeah. The expectations, um, right? Well, exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I, I find the same thing uh, to be true, Ted. It's, it's interesting that you say that. I, <laughs> every single man that I talk to, no matter the age about heroes, right? So I've talked to men who are in their teens all the way to men who are in their seventies even 80s, about this concept of this heroes of men's mastermind. Every time I get the positive response, that's, that's amazing. That's great. We, we need something like this. That's, mm -hmm. that's fantastic. And then I turn to open up the men's mastermind and say, okay, we're bringing members in. Let's go. It's crickets, <laughs> right? I, I think on a, on a large scale, men are not necessarily raising their hand and saying, I need improvement. I want improvement. Surprisingly mm -hmm. enough, some of the men that we've brought into this group, I've gone to their homes and we've hung out and had barbecues and I know some of their families and I'll be, I'll be at their house and their wife is like, wait, what's heroes? And I'm like, wait, your husband's been a part of this for three months. <laughs> I, I, why, I'm just so intrigued as to why we think we have to hide yeah. not having all the answers or not having it figured out. Right, right, so, right, right. So um, when we first started talking about this, uh, I had a sense, maybe not as much as you, but I definitely had a sense like there's a problem out mm. there, right? Yeah, totally. you know, I didn't, I hadn't read anything, mm. or, or you know, there's there's a number, a couple of books out there sure. right now, but I just said, you know, there seems to be a problem with men. Let's do a podcast, and then right after that, I went online yeah. and I, I did a Google search for the state of men, and here are some of the titles of articles that I that were on the first page: uh, "The State of American Men from Crisis and Confusion mm. to Hope." Wow. Uh, the state of American, the state of men in America in 2022. There's a cohort of men in America that are falling behind economically, spiritually, and relation, relationally, wow. uh, and the changing nature of work is part of that problem. Here's the Washington Post. Men are lost. Here's a map out of the wilderness. New York Times, opinion, the crisis of men and boys. Another article, why so many young men are lonely, sexless, and online. Mm. That's the ringer.com. The New Yorker, what's the matter with men? 
and then American Psychological Association, The Men America Left Behind. So this is not some kind of figment of my imagination that there's a a challenge with men. I I had a sense, but as soon as I actually did one Google search, obviously there's a lot of information out there about this per this particular subject, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it goes back to, I mean, Henry David Thoreau says, the mass of men are leading quiet lives of desperation. And that, that we're, I'm finding that today. You know, you, you've seen it a little bit in your practice. Mm. This lack of intention um, or, or purpose, you know, in Heroes, we talk about, what, what does Heroes do? Well, Heroes gives men the opportunity to live by code, to be connected consistently with the community, and to challenge themselves on a regular basis. And what we found is when they're incorporating those three C's into their life, it gives them some purpose, some intention. And when you have that purpose and that intention, you're, you're, you're brought joy. You're, you're enjoying the journey. And when you're doing it with other men, it's just, it's just so much better. Well, there obviously seems needs to be a lot more kind of groups like what you do, because let me give you a little bit more information. Yeah. Um, so the percentage of men in the labor force decreased from 86.4% to 69.1%, while the percentage of women increased from 33.9% to 56.7%. So men are falling behind, but women continue to make uh, progress uh, in the workplace. From 1972 to 2019, the proportion of bachelor's degrees awarded to both genders shifted from a 12% gap in favor of men to a 14% gap in favor of women. More women are going to college and getting higher education degrees than men. In addition to that, significant drops in hope among less educated white males preceded deaths of despair by several decades. Okay, so Deaths of despair are drug-related deaths uh, due to suicide, drug overdose, or alcohol poisoning. So drug-related deaths have risen most sharply among unmarried men Mm. over the past decades. Men account for close to three out of four of deaths of despair, meaning, again, suicide and drug overdoses. The Pew Research notes that as marriage rates as a whole are declining, men are now less likely than women to be married or cohabitate with a partner, which was not the case 30 years ago. Pornography usage, on the other hand, has been increasing among religious and irreligious men for nearly 50 years. Men are struggling in the classroom, men are struggling in the workplace, and one in three American men with only a high school diploma is now out of the labor force. That's 10 million men out of the labor force. And as you mentioned, um, you know, it's a lack of purpose, mm. you know, it's, uh, it's loneliness yeah. is, a, is another one of the problems. So, you know, there are some real serious problems uh, yeah. with men. The, the thing I, we were just talking and reinforcing with the, with the group that I'm working with in the Heroes um, Mastermind is if, if men do not have a code to live by, if they're not connected to a group of men that they respect, that hold them accountable, if they don't challenge themselves on a regular basis, they'll fall to these three things. They'll sedate, they'll numb themselves, they'll isolate, or they're going to overcompensate. And you're seeing it in the statistics and the articles that are out there. I'm sure, you know, your listeners can just 
throw a rock in a group of people that they know. And for certain, they're going to run into a lot of these issues where men are depressed, they're down, they're underperforming, uh, they're isolating away from their uh, groups of people. Uh, maybe they're becoming a little bit more unhealthy. So this, this is definitely all over the place and it's happening for sure. So let's talk about kind of our own personal experience regarding the definition of masculinity and sure. manhood, right? So as I mentioned, I grew up in a Hispanic household where dad was the boss and then there was, you know, a nine, a, a, a seven boys. And so I, my father never really talked to me about what it meant to be a man. I, I guess he felt that what he exhibited was good enough. The only thing he ever really told me was, you know, men don't carry Kleenex, they carry hankies, <laughs> right? Because I, I used to have allergies, so I carry Kleenex. And to this day, I have a hanky in my got, pocket. Hey, I got one in my jacket right here. It is right there, right? So, um, you know, and then, then the message was really growing up, like, you know, getting girls. Right? Sure. Or, um, you know, being tough or posturing or and then eventually, you know, getting a job, having a car. Mm. So, you know, what it meant to be a man were the outward representations mm. Uh, that you could show other people like, you know, I'm a man, of course. And the sure. worst thing that you could be called was like a, a sissy or, sure. or gay, you yeah. know, yeah. Uh, before, you know, people kind of decided that wasn't such a great thing to say, right? Totally, yeah. You know, so that was definitely an affront to your manhood. And if mm. you were one of those guys that were in any way, shape or form effeminate, um, you know, nobody wanted to have anything to do with you. That's right. Yeah. No, the same, same thing. I, I think, uh, I was brought up in that same type of environment. I think many men are still going through that today. Maybe they're different labels and different language, but I think the essence or the spirit of it is still there. Mm -hmm. uh, there's this, I, I think men are supposed to have it figured out. They're supposed to know what to do. And I think this is where the lack of having a clear definition of what it means to be a man in your life can lead to a lot of these problems. There's this perceived idea that we as men need to know what's going on. We need to be in charge. We need to lead. But if we don't have anything leading us, anything calling for our nobility, what is outlined in our purpose? What are our core values? Where are we really headed? Then how are we supposed to lead anyone else around us? Right. And so, um, yeah, I think the, the definition for me when it comes to being a man is one, I think a man needs to submit to a greater source of power than himself. Mm. Something I tell men often in the heroes group is in spirit, uh, the, the spiritual piece, the, the soul is one of the most important aspects. The heroes group is non-denominational, right? We're not going to um, push any religion or faith on you. We will share our own. Each man will share his own. But I do as the leader of heroes encouragement, if you're your most powerful source, that's a dangerous situation. I think you as a man need to submit to something greater than you so that you can be charged up so that you have a power source to go out there and lead. And then the other thing that comes with that is having some type of nobility scale. What is good? What am I here for? What is my purpose? What is my calling? What is my direction? That can often come when you're having that spiritual conversation. And so having that spiritual source is one. And I think two, for me, uh, there's a good book that says the greatest of you will be the least of you. And I think another word that goes synonymous with what it means to be a man is to be a servant to those around you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, Coming up with one's own definition of masculinity, there is no structure for that. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, I don't know of any other group like yours. I mean, you know, I was a member of a men's group when I was going through some really challenging relationship difficulties back in the 90s, and mm -hmm. that was incredibly helpful. But 
I, you know, there's not a whole lot of those type of groups aside from, let's say, fraternal organizations sure. like, you know, uh, Masons or mm-hmm. something like that, yep. which you never really hear about. Yep. Of course, there are secrets. Yeah, that's Maybe right. That's part of the that's reason, right? right? But, you know, um, there is no initiation right mm. from boyhood to manhood like right. there traditionally has been in, let's say, indigenous cultures, right? Totally. I mean, when you become a man, right, when you accepted uh, as a man and not a boy anymore, I mean, there's nothing like that in our modern society today, you know? I mean, it's like, oh, I got my first car. I had my first sexual experience. I mean, you know, these kind of very, um, I don't want to say they're not important, but that, you know, everything's isolated to these, you know, a car, I have a girlfriend or I had sex or something like that. Right. Or I got married, but we we know plenty of men that, you know, once they get married, their problems get even worse. That's right. Right. Because Mm -hmm. they still don't have a, 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 a good handle on what it means to, to be a man. Right. So if we talk about the different stages uh, that a man goes through in life, you know, you're a kid, you're a boy, and then boom, like that, uh, figure it out. Yeah, that's right. You're supposed to have all the answers. Make some You're 17. What do you want to major on in in college? Where do you want to spend the rest of your life? Get a car, start driving, get a job, buy a house. Yeah. Which it's not happening. It's not happening like that anymore. Yeah. I think, uh, again, I think this is leading to a lot of the problems the world or society has this expectation of men that they need to have it figured out. And to your point, it's a lot of the outside perceived um, aspects. Do you have a house? Do you have a car? What are you doing for work? What, what can you say when you're at a party? I do this for my job. Mm. What does the outside look like? And I think that's what creates a lot of internal confusion for men. I'm supposed to have it all figured out, but no one ever told me how to have it figured out for myself? Like, what's important to me? Why am I doing this? I remember leaving high school. I don't know if this is similar for you, Ted, but I was 17 years old. I graduated early and they asked me at 17 when I got to college, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? I'm like, my frontal lobe's not even fully developed. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I don't, I don't know what I want to, I'm here to play football. That's what I want to do. And I think, again, there's this expectation from society that says men need to have it figured out. And then what happens is we put our heads down, we work and we say, okay, let's do that system. And then we find ourselves, you know, 30, 40, 50 years old, we look up, we're like, why do I feel empty? Yeah. Why do I feel lost? Mm-hmm. Where a midlife crisis is coming around and they're like, I, I don't have direction. I don't have purpose. And I think it's because mm-hmm. this perception that we're supposed to have it figured out yet, no one has really initiated us into what is important. And, and I'm not here to say, follow the hero's path, let us initiate you. But I think you should seek something to be initiated by people that you respect, by men that you respect. There needs to be a group of men that do hold you to a higher level. That will help you feel more purposeful, more intentional. And uh, at the end of it, we'll, we'll give you some more peace. Right. So we're talking about forming one's identity as a man. That's right. And what that means and maybe breaking from mm. some of the more rigid and um, uh, unmanageable or unrealistic expectations of what a man is. So... Um, Again, going back to some of the reading that I did, almost half of all men, half of all men, report having three close friends or fewer. Mm. Between 1990 and 2021, the percentage of men who reported having no close friends quintupled from 3% to 15%. The percentage who reported 10 or more close friends shrank from 40% to 15%. So yes, men are lonely and they have nobody to reach out to. But not only that, 
you know, we have this term now where uh, masculinity has become toxic. That's right. Right? So there's a guy, his name is Richard Reeves. He wrote a book. I have not read it yet, but it's called Of Boys and Men, Why the Modern Male is Struggling, Why It Matters, and What to Do About It. So this Mm. Richard Reeves is a Brookings scholar. And what he says is there are very serious downsides to attaching the label toxic to the idea of masculinity itself. So here's a quote from Reeves that says, he says, it is one thing to point out that there are aspects of masculinity masculinity that in an immature or extreme expression can yes. be deeply harmful, yeah, I love that. yet quite another to suggest that a naturally occurring trait in boys and men is intrinsically bad. He argues that the phrase toxic masculinity is counterproductive. It teaches men and boys that there is something toxic inside of them that needs to be exercised. And this is a huge problem that has become a political hot potato. Oh yeah, totally. Because of the use of that of that term, you know? I'm in total agreement with uh, his statements. I, I was just having this conversation uh, recently with a bunch of um, men in the Heroes Group. Uh, I, I think there that needs to be clearly defined. Um, I, I even think there was some clinical labeling of actual toxic masculinity um, and some of these traits mm. that, again, if not checked or brought into some type of funneled or focused manner can be, of course, dangerous, right? Like um, your strength, your anger, your frustration, things like that. And so I'm, total, I'm in total agreement, but I think to tell men that from the beginning, you're toxic or something's wrong with you. It's just adding to the confusion that is already out there. Yeah. We're supposed to have all the answers, supposed to have it figured out. Oh, now there's a new thing just because you're a man. It's toxic. It's bad. And what you're going to continue to see is the isolation rates go up. The suicide rates go up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the things I told the men was um, – Suicides in men are two, two to three times greater than they are in women. But what statistics are not looking at is what about all of the abuse, uh, like the substance abuse deaths sure. that are related to, I mean, maybe they're not labeled suicide, but I mean, if we did some investigation and we unpacked that, I, I, I would almost guarantee they're connected to the same reasons why a lot of the young men aren't taking their lives these days. Sure, not only overdosing, but, you know, car crashes due to yeah. intoxication. Yeah, or, exactly. you know, uh, just poor health or lack of attention to health in general, you know. Uh, all it takes is one moment of inattention or not being sober, you know, to, to, to end your life. And then mm. some people go out, seek that, you yeah. know. So it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really, really difficult thing to think about and talk about. Um, and I don't know what the reasons are. I think there's a couple of different reasons. Number one, I think that um, when I was growing up, um, you know, my dad had to work a lot sure. uh, to raise eight kids. I don't know anybody yeah. has eight kids anymore, know, right? right? So, so he was never around, right? Yeah, that's and, tough. and all my uncles, uh, he had, uh, he was the oldest of, uh, I think, four boys and some girls as well, but they were all, they were all workaholics, right? Mm. And it's interesting because their uh, perception uh, was cultivated when they were growing up in the depression, right? Sure. My dad had a, a, a poster hanging on one of the doors in his bedroom, and it was like a guy holding a glass of champagne, a well-dressed guy, and he had his, his foot 
He's like, he's got his foot on a Rolls Royce and underneath it says poverty sucks. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you know, my dad grew up poor and, sure. you know, that was something you definitely did not want to do. Mm. So spent, you right. know, I mean, he's still alive, but he's still working at you mm. know, 85 or 86 years old. Right. So I think that a, a large generation of men grew up with absent fathers because they were out there trying to make it work. And then at some point in the 70s, mom had to go to work, too. That's right. So now you had, you know, a whole generation of kids at home by themselves, yeah. left to their own devices, latchkey kids, latchkey kids with no is, yeah. guidance whatsoever. And, and that's when you gravitate towards gangs. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, anybody that's going to give you some sense of belonging. Right. Yeah, some sense of community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's uh, it's still happening in different ways. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, whether the parents are being pulled away from work or for work or other things, you know, you look at this generation, I think uh, men are attempting to to do their their best with their time. But even with some of the young men that we're working with and we have conversations with, they have this, this desire to still do their best in the workplace and then be a dad as well. Um, you know, they're tired and they come home and they try to interact with their kids. It's difficult. Uh, you know, one of the things that I, I told the men, I said, it, it's, it's important to, to remember the negative effects of an absent father, but it's also important to remember the negative effects of physically present, but mentally and emotionally absent. Right. Just because you're physically present doesn't necessarily mean you're emotionally or mentally connected to to your family or to your yeah. to your family uh, to your people or your kids. And, you know, and it's not easy. I mean, you come home from a hard day's work. You want to sit down. You want to watch a little totally. TV. You know. The last thing I want to do is go yeah. help my kid with her English homework. Yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, and I try not to express, you know, like, oh, my God, really? Like, it's 930. <laughs> but some, uh, sometimes I can't help myself. But I'm like, look, OK, I'll help you. You yeah. know, I mean, it, it takes energy. It takes time. Sure. You know, and that's just kind of the sacrifice that needs to be made. Um, and, and there's a whole lot more we can we can say about this. But, yes, I agree. You know, there's. There needs to be that emotional presence, too, mm. uh, for a man to feel, you know, fulfilled. So how long have you been married now? So it's coming up on 10 years. 10 actually. years. Yeah, I've been with my wife, though, 21. Okay, wow. That's yeah. a long time. Yeah. So in October, my wife and I will be married uh, 20 years, right? Awesome. So I never thought I would get married, much less yeah. <laughs> be yeah. able to maintain a marriage, you That's know, because I have my own men, yeah. masculine issues, sure. right? But um, it's interesting to look back and say, wow, you know, there's no shortcut to that. There's mm. no shortcut to a healthy marriage of 20 years. I mean, you got to put in the time every day, you sure. know, and if you have kids that are, that are doing well, you know, and then they're succeeding, you know, in school or whatever. I mean, like I said, I have two girls, but that is something that, you know, you had to be there mm. with them and looking into their eyes and like, you know, how you doing, what's going on, you know, yeah. what's making you sad, all of that. Right. So yeah. that's a, a very important point that you made because I think that gives us a sense of purpose. Totally. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think just sitting down for yourself, I, the men are so busy these days. Mm -hmm. I, I tell the men, oftentimes we're too busy driving, we're, we're too busy to stop to get gas, yeah. right? And mm -hmm. so we, there's not spaces or times for us to stop, to think, to ponder, to reflect where are we headed, why are we headed there, how are we doing, who's helping me, uh, and, and just evaluate because we're just go, go, go. Like I said, men put their head down, they get this idea that my worth is in my work, they get put their head down, they work, and they don't ever pull back up and say, what am I working for? Why am I working? Is this the direction I want to go? And this is important to think through as you define your, your, 
you, you create this definition of what masculinity looks like to you. What does it mean to be a man to you? Uh, you know, in Heroes, we have five stages of what we call the Heroes Transformation Path. The first stage is titled I Am Enough because I think one of the first solutions that you can practically take if you're listening to this is to sit with yourself and truly tell yourself that you're enough. With all of the circumstances, all of the results, all the writing on the wall, the good, the bad, the ugly, you're enough. So let me stop you there because what you just said is really important. And and let's kind of shift into uh, solutions, what we can do uh, to help men or, you know, things for men to think about. And um, so what you said is, uh, you know, helping them understand that I'm enough. Mm. Right. So we're talking about self-esteem and self-worth. Right. And also that it's easy to distract yourself from that conversation where what you're suggesting is that, you know, any or every man should take some time to sit down and say, what am I up to? Where am I going? What are my goals, dreams and desires? And if they have any doubt about their ability to do that, well, why do I have doubts? Right. So really getting that self-esteem, that self-worth in place is, I think, such an important place to start, because if you don't think you're worthy or you don't think you're capable, you know, you're not even going to try. That's right. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's a really, really good point. What would be the next step uh, in your in, in, in what you're talking about here? Yeah, totally. Well, exactly that. I think that's uh, that's a big one. Right. And making sure that you have that self-worth and that you actually believe it. If you can't believe it for yourself, get someone else's belief and borrow it from them. And this is why it's so important to be connected to a community. So I guess the next practical step would be getting connected to a group. Right. Um, they could work with coaches like you, Ted. They can get connected to groups like the Heroes Group. Uh, get around other people that are pouring this belief into you as you're working on building that belief for yourself. So maybe in this moment, the writing on the wall, it's very difficult to believe that there is a better version or that you could be the man that you aspire to be. Get around people that believe that for you. And I think the next step is to move into analyzing and looking at what's important to you in your life. So step two in the hero's transformation path is battle prep. And what we're looking at in battle prep is really what is the mission? What battle am I fighting? What is my purpose? What are my core values? What am I striving for in this life? Looking at a whole, at the whole picture of your life. And like I said, we look at it in the super six. What do I want in my health? What do I want for my wealth? What, do I, what type of relationships do I, have, do I want to have? What's my spiritual life look like? What does the adventure and the fun look like in my life? Am I enjoying living? Really just take an account for what you want in life and where you're at. So where am I at? And then where do I want to go in these areas? So prioritize. Um, So, you know, I'm worth it, building self-esteem, finding a community or getting some, some kind of support. Mm -hmm. uh, Of course, even if it's challenging or uh, uncomfortable and then uh, kind of prioritizing what, what's important to you, what your values are in life. I'm going to uh, take issue a little bit with the, uh, with the uh, war analogy of <laughs> battle plan or mission, yeah. I think, yeah. you know, I, I'm not so sure how helpful that is. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go out and battle, you yeah. know, and I, I would rather it not be a battle, sure. you know, I yeah. mean, I mean, there's, there's challenges that need to be overcome and there totally. are certainly struggles that need to be 
that need to happen in life, but, you yeah. know, I'm going to go out there and slay it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe we need to, I don't know, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, right? no, but I, I love I, it. The, the point is very well made. You're like, what is my mm. mission? Mm. Which I think is a, is a really good word. You know, what sure. is my mission? Why am I here? What am I up to? Why am I put on this earth? Totally. I think are really good questions for, for people to explore mm. uh, with the understanding that you might not get answers to those questions immediately. Yeah. And the key is to continue to search yeah, stay patient with that, right? Absolutely. Get I, someone that can ask some good questions that are maybe difficult for you to, to answer. Absolutely. Get a coach to put you in a, you know, in a place where you're uncomfortable having to answer some of these questions for yourself. Transformation is uncomfortable. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, it's, uh, I mean, the, the, the battle idea is men are drawn to, you know, if we look at the statistics of the, the people who watch the movies and buy the books and wear the t-shirts, Men like this idea of battle, right? Uh, two of the groups that I brought to the heroes group just to do a comparison were the Spartans mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, the, I, I guess they're more famously known from the movie, The 300, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there was a society of warriors, the Spartans, and then the other ones were uh, the Navy SEALs. And I brought these two groups of men and we analyzed them in the heroes group, almost like case studies. And we looked at these men lived by code. They were connected to a community and they, they challenged themselves regularly. Mm-hmm. So it was more uh, to get these guys pumped up to go out there and sit down and get a pen and paper out and really lay these things out for themselves, right? And you got to find what inspires them. That's right. right. We got to, um, uh, I, I heard it said this way, you got to be palatable, palatable to the masses, but potent enough for the, to keep the ones that, that really want to stay. Yeah, that's interesting because like if I was going to look for a, like a, uh, if I was going to look for a, a role model, it would be like Kwai Chang Kane, you know, the <laughs> yeah. guy, the guy in Kung Fu, right? That's like right. That's, that's, that's right. that would be my, like, you know, yeah. I could kick your butt, that's right. and play, play my cool flute, but you right. know, I'm pretty mellow. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. I love that. Yeah. No, I think, uh, as, as men begin to do this and as they look at this, um, I think a vital aspect that, especially in today's society, just because we live in such a comfortable air conditioned cushioned life, at least a lot of the men do, uh, that we work with. And of course, in in the United States, embrace or impose challenge on yourself. Absolutely. Yes. God, that's so important. Yeah. Instead of avoiding it and having it be easy all the time, Mm -hmm. because that's what builds confidence, right? Yes. Having a challenge and overcoming it, you know, regardless of what, you know, whether the challenge is fixing your car or fixing your house or relationship challenge, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's almost as if we don't want to, we don't want to have challenges, right? right? Yeah. Yeah, It's uh, it's so much can be gained from imposing challenge. I Mm -hmm. I call it uh, manufacturing challenge in the, Mm -hmm. the, the arena of life here. And that's Mm -hmm. what we do in heroes. We, we manufacture hardship on ourselves for set amount of time so that we can borrow the wisdom from that challenge in real life situations down the road. For example, we'll do a 30-day or a 60-day hard edge challenge is what we call it, the hero's hard edge. And what we have is we have a list of six habits that these men have to do every single day. Read 15 minutes, pray or meditate for 15 minutes, exercise for 30 minutes, connect with their wingman or their partner for at least five minutes on the call, on a phone call. All these habits they have to do for 30, 60 days. And out of that challenge, so much wisdom comes, not because of me, not because of the group, but because of what you do in that challenge, what mm-hmm. you find out about yourself when you impose this challenge. It was a difficult day. I stayed late at work. My wife's upset. Um, I still have to figure out how to get my workout in. Mm-hmm. Putting yourself in that state is going to allow for you to borrow courage, uh, creativity, 
and all of these other inner resources, inner resources for future issues that you might have in life. And so um, that's the other thing that I think is valuable is imposing that challenge on that's yourself. That's an excellent point. So what else, what else, what, what, what else do, do you think men need? What else can, can what other prescriptions can we make uh, for men to kind of get back into owning uh, their rightful place in, in society because that's, they seem to be losing that yeah. for a variety of different reasons. Yeah, I, I think we can we can learn from uh, from our counterparts, the uh, the ladies, the women, mm-hmm. uh, very similar to your parents that you experience in your practice, encouraging uh, you to get with their kids. Uh, I run into a lot of women that are very encouraging for their men to get a part of a group like this. And so I think women can show us a lot when it comes to being in community. I think it's very, absolutely. it's very uh, interesting for me. I think we need to practice mm-hmm. being in community outside of what's normal for us, right? Sitting side by side, watching a game. That's great mm-hmm. uh, and fantastic. Um, for example, tomorrow, um, Saturday, I put together a program where I want it in the men's group. I want it fitness to be a focus. I want it family to be a focus. And I want it fun to be a focus. So these three Fs. And so what we're doing, we're doing a Dodger run at the Dodger Stadium. It's a 10K, 5K. Um, and there's a kids run. There's a 10K that some of the guys are going to run. The 5K, some of the guys are going to run. My wife's going to run it. Other wives are coming. Kids are coming. So we're all, we're, we're being in community, not just by ourselves. We're bringing our, our families along with us as well. And so I think if you could do life with men um, that you respect and you admire, uh, that can be an, uh, it's just a compounding to your success that you're going to experience. Yeah, yeah. And I think there needs to be a healthy balance between, you know, spending time with family and bringing families together and uh, hanging out exclusively with men mm-hmm. that will support you and that are willing to listen. And, 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 you know, if we could boil it down to maybe the most important thing that men need, it's other men. Yes, right. Right? That's other it, healthy men that are going to listen, that are going to be vulnerable, that are going to inspire each other to lead, you know, and it sounds like that's exactly what your group does. So how can people find out more about your group? And, and, you know, I just want to make it clear that this is not a promotion of your group, but, you know, you're the guy to talk to because you're in the trenches dealing with the challenges that men have and doing a lot of good work to, to raise men up. So, um, you know, we, we would be remiss not to mention how people could learn more about what you do. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And, uh, again, to your point, I, I, I'm going to be the biggest encourager that men should be connected to a group of men, whether it's the heroes group or another group um, or even a coach, right? Getting a man that you respect to mentor you and to coach you. Uh, I I work with a few groups across the nation that are similar, but not the same. And I tell them this often, we play for the same team, but we wear different jerseys. Mm -hmm. The same team is lifting men up, Mm -hmm. bringing men together, living better as men in a whole. Um, But of course, you, you know, if you, if you're more, focused on working with that group of men, you're, you're more attracted to that group. Fine. Totally. Okay. Uh, but anyway, the way that they can work with heroes is they can just go to our website. It's we are heroes.com and heroes is a, is a unique spelling. It's H E R O S E. So heroes. Uh, and then on all the social media, it's, we are heroes mm-hmm. as well. So Instagram, Facebook, mm-hmm. TikTok, all of that good stuff. Okay. And I also want to mention that if somebody wants to have a conversation about working in a hypnotherapeutic uh, situation, right. they can go to tedmoreno.com slash contact and then send me an email and say, hey, you know, can we have a conversation? 
Does it cost any money to have the conversation? We could talk about what's going on and, and maybe how to move forward. But also, you know, there are other avenues too, you know, for some men joining a, a, a men's fraternity, such as the Masons, sure. uh, which uh, I know a couple of guys involved. I can't say enough good things about that, you know, but again, it's not kind of advertised. You actually have to know somebody mm-hmm. to, to know anything about it or to even get invited in. But there's also men's group that are in 12-step. Yeah. So there's men out there that are struggling with substance abuse mm. or, or, or bad habits. You know, there are groups of men that use the 12-step approach uh, to help men have that fellowship. You know, sure. I have a, a client that calls his uh, men and his group is trudging buddies, mm-hmm. right? So he, he says, yeah, every day I talk to my trudging buddies, right? But, you know, I want to encourage if there's any young men out there that are struggling and looking for some support or looking for um, anything that they can connect to, you know, I, I think if you go online and look for it, you know, you'll find it, That's right. right? And, uh, you know, I'm sure if men come to you, um, even if they don't get involved in Heroes, sure. I'm sure you'd be willing to give them some uh, advice 100%. or guidance as, as to where to go, as would I as well. So yeah. yeah, we're here to help. And I know that's your heart too, Ted. And, you know, whether you're reaching out to Ted or myself, uh, you know, we're here to help you. We're here to to really just be there uh, to support you along your journey. We know it's we know it's tough to be a man out there. We're, we're living it ourselves. And so don't do it alone. I say uh, the lone wolf is sometimes only cool in the movies and James Bond is not a real character, right? So right, just right. Uh, be a part of a group, uh, be connected to to someone that, uh, that can do life with you. Okay, well, we'll leave it at that. I'm sure we could spend a lot more time talking about this. It's a yeah. very, very critical and important subject right now. So thank you so much for joining me in this extended conversation. I I really enjoyed our talk and I'm sure that we'll have uh, further conversations in the future. So thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, Ted. Appreciate you. And thanks everybody for tuning in today. I know this is a little bit different, but I just felt it was so important to address this subject and to have some discussion. If uh, you want to get in touch with me again, tedmoreno.com is where to go. So Take care and and take care of those men in your life and and, and encourage them and support them. Uh, And then hopefully we have a better society. So thanks so much and everybody take good care. Bye. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Ted in Your Head podcast. If bad habits, fears, and limiting beliefs are keeping you from the success you want, then it might be time to change your mind. To learn more about how Ted can personally help you win at life and business, visit www.tedmoreno.com. That's www.tedmoreno.com. And we will see you next time on the Ted in Your Head podcast podcast.